Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Here's a service so far, you know. I feel like, well, I'll just give an invitation. And um, I enjoy the testimonies and the singing. You know, I, I think... Uh, you know, the Lord, above all things, you know, I've been in churches where there's great talent, orchestras and stuff like that, and it's good. And I can't even say they're insincere. But one thing I like about um, this church is you can tell it's not a performance. Now, we got, we got some, you got some good musicians here, but you can just tell they're not performing. And I like that. It's, 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 it's worship. It's, it's worship. Yeah, you know, um, I like I really like that because in all things, let's be real. Yeah, yeah, Amen. Yeah, I like to preach a message. I think God's going to use this message, and I'm even getting to the point. See, you don't know me, um, but I've been in some situations where you know you get popular and and you get professional, and I get to the point now. I realize I want to do a good job. But it ain't about my job. It's about the Word, and it's about the Holy Ghost. uh, Pastor uh, Tommy and I, we've got education. But, brother, if I I had to choose, I'll take the power of the Holy Ghost. But hopefully we can use both. Amen. Amen. That's right. All right, open your Bible to Genesis 15. Amen. I leave a week from tomorrow, and I need your prayers. I'm not going to go into it, but I'm kind of going into a dangerous situation. And so just pray for me. Uh, when you get in Muslim and communist countries, you just, and, and I'm 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, so to them I look like an eight-point buck. You know what I mean? You get the point. And I can't hide. Uh, you know, I look like Herman Munster, you know, walking around. So I can't hide. So just pray for me. All right, we're in uh, Genesis chapter 15. And let's look at verse 1 through 6, Genesis 15, 1 through 6, and then we'll make our prayer. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me? Seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. See, I don't know if you know this. Abram means father. Abraham means father of a multitude. How many kids did he have? None. See, and it's a little embarrassing. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. Verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars. Tell means count, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. By the way, the stars, that's the spiritual children of Abraham. That's us. You got it? You can't count the Christians that say the elect of God that have been saved that he can't count them. Now look at verse 6. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted to him for righteousness. See, he trusted God. He took yeah. God at his word. And he said to him, I am thy, the Lord, 
that brought thee up out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. Now, the title of the message is entitled Reevaluating God. I'm, I'm going to warn you, the introduction's a little slow, but I'm going to start off. I've got to tell you a few stories, and then we'll get to our four points. Title of the message Reevaluating God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the joy, the privilege, it's mine. I have high expectations, but Lord, I may not see it. So Lord, I don't know what you're going to do tonight, but I know this, if it's going to be good and lasting, you have to do it. So I pray that you'll bless. You've already blessed in these testimonies. You've blessed in the songs and the tears and pastors' uh, devotion tonight. And so I just can tell, Lord, that you're orchestrating this service. I pray that I'll not mess it up. So, Lord, as I take the word of God, I pray that you'll undertake for me. And, Lord, use me. Speak through me. Preach through me. And use thy word. May the word of God tonight give victory and comfort and strength. And I pray that you'll save the lost. Oh, Lord, you'll, you'll reveal yourself to that poor sinner that cannot give them faith tonight, give them repentance. And we ask and trust you for all of it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So there's a book out, and you don't, you don't need to read it. It's called uh, The Risk, Reason, and the Decision-Making uh, Process by Chip Ingram. And it was a Yale professor at MIT and he starts off with this book. It's interesting. And I want you to think about this. Now, hang with me now because yeah. there's a reason for this. There's this guy named John. John was 32 years old in this book. He's an engineer. He had a hobby of collecting junk and antiques. You know, quite a few people enjoy that. And so there was an auction going on. It was the kind of auction where you had to buy. If you want the contents, you buy the whole house. Yeah. Yeah. So whoever outbids what? I mean, and so it was a junky old farmhouse, but inside there were some antique guns, there were some old books, and all kinds of things like that. And so people are now going in and around the house. They wanted 95000 was a starting bid. And some of the farmers thought, hey, worth no $95,000. It's only like an acre of land in this old farmhouse. So he's walking around, he's looking at some of the old furniture, and he found, remember, you know those um, old roll-top desks, you know, and you, you do that, it was a big one. And so he, he liked those kind of desks. So he looked at that and he pulled the roll up and looked inside, had all the cubby holes in it. And he looked at it and he saw a door. So he reached in there and he opened the door. When he opened the door, he saw another drawer. So he looks around, he opens that drawer and it came all the way out. And then he looked in, there was another door. So he opened that door and he stuck his hand all the way back in there and he felt a leather bag. And he looks around, he pulls that leather bag out. And he's opening the bag, and it had 22 solid gold Confederate coins, which could be worth hundreds, if not a million dollars, based on the ounce of gold. So he's looking around. He closes the bag. He puts it back in there, closes the door, puts the drawer back in, closes the other door, and puts the roll top down. Now he's thinking, $95,000. I don't have $95,000, but I could really profit from this. I could sell my life insurance policy. I could sell my car. I could borrow some money. $95,000 would be worth it. What would you do? Would you do it? Would you give $95,000 to buy the whole house but those coins? See, yeah. One more story. Sheila. 
Sheila was 29 years old. She was an art collector, an art teacher here in America. She had a modest, you know, little salary. But her parents sent her on a vacation to southern France, and there was an art exhibit going on. In this art exhibit in southern France, they had a Picasso. Now, if you know anything about art, Picasso is way up there in price. But this was a copy. They knew it was a copy. And this copy was being sold for $25,000. Can you imagine that? Not an original. So she looked at this thing, and she thought, boy, for a copy, this looks real. I mean, she could see the brush strokes. Some of the paint had chipped it. The, the, the paper had yellowed. But it had to be a copy because Picasso always signed Picasso. But this time, it had the initials. Well, her being an art teacher, she thought, wait a minute. The first three paintings he painted, he only put his initials. And she got to looking at that thing, and she thought, this is an original. And they don't even know it. $25,000. Now, what do I do? I don't have $25,000, but this could be worth a couple million dollars if it's original Picasso. So she thought, and she thought, and she called her parents. They said, we'll give you the money, and so on. What should she do? Should she get it? Now, John and Sheila, now listen to my story. Both of them had to have total commitment to do this. Because she didn't have $25,000, and he didn't have $95,000. Both would have to risk it all. Both could end up very rich. And both could end up very happy. Now, the question tonight, what would you do? What would you do, young lady? You do? What would you do? Play it safe. I ain't buying nothing. You ain't going to buy it. Right. Here are my four thoughts tonight. Number one, is it a treasure? Number two, is it a risk? Number three, is it a sacrifice? And number four, is it time? Now, notice in our text, Genesis 15, the Lord comes to Abram, and it's in from the Word of God, a vision, and he says to Abram, I am thy shield and exceeding great reward. Yeah. Imagine that. The God of the universe says, I am your God. I am your shield. I am your treasure. Yeah. Right? And Abraham goes, well, that's great, but I'd like to have a son. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you, but that's kind of a slap in the face, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, and notice in this text, Genesis 15, God didn't rebuke him. God could have said, what are you talking about? Did you hear what I just said? No, he didn't do it. Because you've got a son. This dear man back here to testify, he's got a son. You love your son. What man doesn't want a daughter or a son? And yet, it seems to me a little insulting that he would kind of like downplay the extreme privilege it is to have God to be your Lord and Savior. Hmm. Now the Lord is patient. In verse 6, he tells Abram, if you can count the stars, you'll be able to count your seed. If you can count the sand, you'll be able to count your seed. So you're not going to be fatherless. So is it a treasure? Do you value God as a treasure? Number two. Is it a sacrifice? Now, in that book, Risk, Reason, and the Decision-Making Process, it's talking about are you willing to risk it all and sacrifice all for a greater benefit? Now, that was in that MIT book. Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 13. Let me show you a similar story. 
Matthew 13, you know where I'm going with this. I know Pastor does. Matthew 13, verse 44. It's not a roll-top desk, but in verse 44, And again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in the field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth. He wasn't interested in the field. And for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath. He sells everything he has and buyeth that field. Next, next one, look at verse 45. And again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Mm-hmm. Now notice in both of these stories, there's total commitment. Yeah. Total. Yeah. Didn't sell half of what he had, sold all that he had. Number two, uh, the same thing, the pearl of the great price, he's, this guy probably had rubies and sapphires and onyx and who knows what he had. And he got, it has some exquisite jewels, but he got rid of everything to find that one great price pearl. I like what someone said, total commitment is the channel through which God flows his choices, blessings. Hmm. You see, most of us, listen to me, most of us, including me, we're afraid of total commitment. We are. Because what if God wants me to be a missionary to Africa? What if God wants me to stay single and not get married? What if I lose my job? What if I lose my friends? You see, we're afraid of total commitment because of the sacrifice, the personal sacrifice that it may involve. I looked up the word total commitment, the phrase, and it, here's what it says. The alignment of one's motives, resources, priorities, and goals for fulfilling a specific mission, accomplish a certain task, or follow a certain person. A total commitment. Like the veterans, you know, when they sign up for the Marines or the Air Force or the Navy, you know, I mean, you belong now to them. Right. And you can say, well, that guy didn't see combat. He didn't go, but he could have. Yeah, yeah. See, his life was on the line. Number three, is it a risk? Is it a risk? You know, at the time, it sure seems like it. Do you hear what this young lady said? I said, would you do it? And she goes, I, I, would you? He goes, no, no, no. I, I, just, I think I'd, say, I'd save my money. See, it's a risk. You don't know what it's going to entail. Now, whether we're talking about a lost sinner, because if there's anyone here that's lost tonight, you're afraid to trust Christ. You're listen to me. You're afraid to trust Christ because you don't know what's going to give up. <laughs> See, and that's why the Bible says, "But the fearful and the unbelieving." What does that fearful mean? It means you you were more afraid of what you may lose if you trust Christ than you were afraid of going to hell. Yeah. No sin's worth going to hell. Amen. Amen. But it's a risk. It's a risk, you see. I remember one time I was in I was in high school. I played football and stuff. And I didn't take a stand for the Lord. But when I, got, I was about 18 years old, God turned my life around. And the next thing you know, man, I, I was called to preach. I couldn't believe it. And so the next thing you know, I go off to Bible college. When I came home for Christmas, one of my friends was getting married early. Well, you know what? You when you're out of high school and you... Yeah, it was in sports and all the cheerleaders, you know, I kind of miss it. So I thought I'd reconnect, right? So I go to this stupid wedding. And I go to this wedding, and everybody's seen I got short hair because I was in Bible college, and 
And he said, hey, Farrell, man, it's good to see you. Why is your hair so short? I said, well, I'm playing football, and, you know, and, and, and I said, yeah, but you're, you're, I said, well, I'm going to Bible college. Bible college? Why? I said, well, the Lord called me to preach. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. No, no, yeah, he called me to preach. I'm living for God now. Oh, come on, Farrell. No, really. You're going to be a preacher. Yeah. And Buddy it got around. Yeah. And everybody, now yeah. when I first got there, everybody's wanting to reunite. Hey, Danny, it's good to see you. But after about 25, 30 minutes, not one person wanted to talk to me. Yeah. Not one person. And my feelings got hurt. Yeah. I mean, really hurt. So when the wedding was over, I, I brought my gift, put it on the table. And I'm standing around, and no one, I mean, there's a pocket of friends there. There's some cheerleaders and guys over here and over there. And everybody's having a good old time. Except me. And I got hurt. I was a little bit mad. So I started to leave. And you don't have to believe this. But this voice came over to me and said, no, no, no. You wanted to come here. And I'm thinking, I'm looking around. He goes, now, you glad you came? And I'm thinking, this is his voice. It's not me. I'm thinking, uh-huh. He goes, now, the question is, do you want them or do you want me? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And man, I'm crying. <laughs> And I'm looking around. These used to be my friends. And I cried and I told the Lord. I'm talking to the Lord. I go, I want you, boy. He goes, okay, now you can leave. And I walked out and didn't look back. See, the Lord will put you into a crisis where you have to choose. Pilate had to choose, didn't he? You've got to choose. And it may seem like a risk. Like, do you have a dollar? You got a dollar? You got a dollar? You got a dollar? You got five dollars? Nothing. How much you got? What you got? What you got? All right, you can take Thank you. Now, you see, he gave me $10. He didn't have a lot of money in that wallet. Now, I could say to him, is this a risk? Was this a sacrifice? And he may think it was. But what if I gave him a thousand? Was it a risk? No. Was it a sacrifice? No. You gave me ten, and I gave you a thousand. Did you sacrifice anything? You didn't, did you? I used to pastor this church. We had a big bus ministry. I mean, kids we had coming, a hundred or so kids. And they wanted me to teach the kids. So I'm in there teaching the kids. And I said, hey! I'll give uh, anybody here, I'll give you $5 if you won't use God's name anymore. You won't pray. You won't read your Bible. You just will not love God. You'll just say goodbye, God. I'll give you $5. And I pulled out $500. I pulled out some money. I said, does anybody want to do that? And I didn't think any kids would, you know. And this little black girl, little pudgy cheek, she got, she put her hand up. And all the other kids looked at her and said, you're stupid. <laughs> And a little girl, and I came I said, you sure? I said, I never want you to pray again. Don't read your Bible. You can't call on God. You can't ask me for help. I'll give you $5 if you promise you won't do that. And she goes, okay. And she took the money. And so I'm thinking, oh, boy, that's ruined that illustration. <laughs> so I said, okay. And those kids looked at her and said, you're dumb. All right, so I preached my message, and I got done. Now I got to go into the auditorium and preach, right? So as I'm going through the, the foyer shaking hands, all of a sudden, man, and I turn around, and there she is. And she goes, take it. 
<laughs> Take it! I go, I thought you wanted the five dollars. Take it! Take it! You see, she understood. What would you take for the Lord? How much do you treasure the Lord? Hmm? What's as valuable as Him? What would you take for Him? What have you given for Him? What have you lost because of your love for Christ? What have you given up? What have you sacrificed for Him? Yep. Come on. Yeah, right. You say, well, I, you know, my, my husband left me. Was that a sacrifice? It sure was. It may, yeah, I can see that it feels that way. You see what you need to do. Now, please, listen. this is the thesis of the message. You are looking at what you've given up to be a Christian. You're looking at the friends you lost. You're looking at the job you lost. You're looking at all this junk that you lost. This precious young lady had a heartache a few years ago. And I mean, it hurts her. Man, I was crying. I get it. But instead of looking at what you lost, listen, look at what you get. You need to reevaluate what you have instead of looking at what you lost. If he gives me $10 and I give him $1,000, I guarantee you he's not complaining. Yeah, right. Right? We have got to understand this. It's not about renunciation. It's about reevaluation. See, when you repent... And you like this one time I was preaching, I was out door knocking, and this guy, he, I thought he was going to get saved. I really did. And he had, you know, he was a, a nice guy. And, and so I, I gave him the gospel. I, I was even standing up. He's sitting down like where you're at. And finally he looks at me. He goes, I want to get this straight, preacher. He said, so if I trust Jesus Christ, he goes, how come you keep saying Lord and Savior? I said, well, because he's your Lord and Savior. You've got to repent and then trust him as your Savior, but also submit to him as your Lord. He goes, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. Here's what he said. He goes, I'll trust him as my Savior, but I'm not going to trust him as my Lord. And I said, man, you can't do that. He goes, are you telling me that if I get saved, i got to give up my booze, my drugs, and my women? That's what he said. And I looked at him, you know what I said? Yeah. I said, yep. Yep, yep. <laughs> and he goes, I can't do that. And I stuck my hand out and I said, you're the most honest sinner I've ever met, but you're going to hell. You told the truth. You see how he he got it. Yeah. yeah. But see, he was caught. I told him I stopped this thing. But I said, don't you understand? A few fun Friday nights and have a few wins of trust and then go to hell forever. That's a bad trade, man. That's a bad trade. Yeah. It's not worth it. That's right. You're looking at what you're losing. Yeah. But you're not looking at what you're getting. Yeah. <laughs> you need to reevaluate God. Yeah. Number four, is it time? See, number one, is it a treasure? Is it a risk? Is it a sacrifice? Number four, is it time? You know, I want to ask you now, we're going to head towards a close. When have you, since you've been saved, when have you made a total surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Right. Yeah. Totally surrender your life. Help me. Like this dear man back here, my heart went out to him about his son. Yeah. It could be that 
God's not just working on your son, he's working on you. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Are you a living sacrifice? Mm. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable reasonable service? You know, the Apostle Paul, he met the Lord on the Damascus Road, right? Yeah. And he, he, 30 years later, he was still excited about it. Yeah. 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 Remember? Oh, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. Yeah. Being made conformed to fellowship of his sufferings. Being made conformable unto his death. You know what Paul was excited about? He was excited about Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, when we get to heaven, you've made no sacrifice. That's right. Yeah. You haven't sacrificed anything. That's right. You know, we, we've done that which was our... We're, we're unprofitable servants. We've done that which we were told to do. Yeah. And yet he still says, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Even though we didn't do it, he did it through us. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, you know what that's like? That's like me. My my son. I remember this actually happened. A little mulberry street. I have my three kids. I said, Daddy, can we help pay? Can we help pay? I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. These kids are going to make a mess. I said, yeah, 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 okay. So I gave them the rollers. And they're making them get more paint on the floor and on themselves, they're, they're, they're having fun, right? I thought it was cute. When they got done, I said, okay, here's your dollar. Well, I know, you can leave now. And so they left, and then I got the paint out, and I had to redo the whole thing, you know? Well, when I got done, it looked pretty good. The nice little kids, you know what they did? They came up to me, and they go, boy, we sure did a good job. <laughs> you know what I said? We sure did. Yeah. yeah. When you go to heaven, God gives you a crown. Yeah. 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 Boy, I sure did a good job, didn't I, God? Here's your crown. Oh, Lord, help us. It's time for you to give it all to God. All of it. Amen. Jesus said, you want a better life? Lose your life. That's right. For my sake of the Gospels, and you'll find it. Jim Elliott said, a man is no fool. To give that which you cannot keep. Yeah. To gain that which you cannot lose. That's it. Yeah. You can't keep your life. That's it. Well, then give it. Amen. Then he'll give you a life that you can't exactly. We're not talking about just eternal life. We're talking about yeah. abundant life. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Is it time tonight? This is no... What is this? November 13th. Mm-hmm. On Sunday night. Is it time tonight for you to make a full commitment and give your whole life to Christ? Yeah. You say, well, I'm already saved. I know. But I'm talking about your service. Right. I'm talking about the rest of your life. Right. Mm-hmm. Now let's go back to Genesis. The Lord said, Abraham, I am thy shield and exceeding great reward. Wait a minute. Don't go to Genesis 15. Let's go to Genesis 22. And he said, well, that's great, Lord. I mean, thanks. I mean, I need a shield. I need some treasure. But, you know, I feel like I have a son. Genesis 22, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham, not with evil, and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take thy now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Abraham, Abraham, rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place, the place, the place, the place, it's interesting, of which God had told him. 
Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Look at verse 8. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And he expected to come back with Isaac. Now, basically, here's what's happening here. Stay there in Genesis 22. You wanted a son. God said, I'm your shield and exceeding great reward. But at the moment, a son seemed more important. Is your son more important than God? Tell it. So God said, you know what I want to do? I want to see if you love me more than your son. Now God knew. Was God sovereign? He knows that. Yeah. But yeah. Abraham didn't know. Yeah. I like what someone said. It wasn't Isaac on the altar. It was Abraham. That's who was being tested. Take thy son. And so he did. It's an amazing thing. And he, according to Hebrews chapter 12, he, with no resurrection ever happening, he accounted that God would have to raise him from the dead. Yeah, yeah. He'd have to because, I mean, God said you're going to bless my seed. Yeah. It's hard to say it. Yeah. But still, I mean, there had to be some feelings and emotion here. Right, yeah. And so he took a son. And by the way, Isaac here is about 17, 18 years old. You mean tell me you can't, over, you can't overpower that old man? And yet Isaac laid himself down, and there comes the dagger, and all of a sudden the voice, Abraham, and he looks over, and there's a ram caught in the thicket. Now, when's the last time you ever saw a ram that couldn't pull his horns out of the thicket? Right, right. And it was on Mount Moriah. You know where Mount Moriah is? That's where Calvary is. The mountain range of Moriah is exactly where Calvary is. And what did Christ have wrapped around his head? He has thorns. That ram was already caught in those thickets when he got up there and didn't know it. And so he was able to spare his son. Of course, no one spared the father his son. There was no ram caught in the thicket of Jesus. That's right. So this is a foreshadowing of what Jesus would do. Now look at verse 17 and 18, chapter 22. Verse 17 and 18. He says to Abraham... That in blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. See, there's the spiritual Jews and the physical Jews. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice and did not withhold your son. (laughs) Notice verse 14, Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said today, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Now you see, what we see here tonight is we see that total commitment. We see the risk. And then we see the time to pull the trigger. See, there comes a moment in your life. I mean, anybody can sit here and go, Woo, praise God, hallelujah. Yeah, Yeah, but when it comes, when the rubber hits the concrete, what are you going to do? Are you going to do what you said you would do? Yeah. Yeah. You can talk a good talk, but tonight, God's looking at your obedience. Is it a sacrifice, you think? Let me ask you a question. Jesus Christ gave himself for you. Now, what does God get? See, when God got you, what does he get? Here's all he wants. You ready? All he wants is your heart. Yeah. 
The love of the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. He wants, he wants the same position in your heart that he has in the universe. He wants the throne. Yeah. That's it. Amen. Amen. What does he get? And you know when you get to heaven, you know what you get? You get God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the older I get in the Lord, let's preach the gold, the mansions, the pearly case, something that much. Here that little boy, his, his mother died, and it's a horrible thing. Two months later, he kept bugging his mom and goes, I want to go back home. I want to go back home. She says, honey, she's not there. He goes, I want to go back home. So she took him back to the house. And man, he busted in the living room. Mama, mama. He went upstairs. Mama, mama. And he just went off to the house. And he goes, okay, let's go. He goes, I thought you wanted to come back here. He goes, mama's not here. If you got to heaven and Jesus wasn't there, yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, if Amen. Jesus, if Jesus ain't there. Amen. You think the streets of gold are going to fill you? Mansions, pearly gates, yeah. mm. angels flying around. You know, who cares? If Jesus ain't there, it's not there. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. You know why they call Israel Holy Land? Because Jesus was there at one time. Yeah. That's why it's called the Holy Land. And that's the only reason. Because they ain't very holy today. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. Is it a treasure? Yes. Is God a treasure in your life? Number two, if he asks of anything of you, is it a sacrifice when you consider all that you get? You give him your life, he gives you eternal life. You give him your service, he gives you all of heaven. He gives you a Bible, he gives you a pastor, he gives you a yeah. church, he gives you Christ, he gives yeah. you a friend, he gives you eternal life, yeah. puts Amen. you in the book of life, and you'll live with him forever and ever. Now, what sacrifice have you made? That's right. Yeah. Is it a risk? No. No. Is it a risk? No. Not really. No. By the way, Sheila made $2 million, and the other guy made almost a million dollars. Based on a $95,000 investment and a $25,000 investment. Pretty good investment. Yeah. But with you, it's not a risk. <laughs> so you give, him that, you give him all, you'll get a lot of that. Now, the only other question then is this time. If not tonight, when? Yeah. When, you want, when, when, do you, when do you want to make this total commitment? If not tonight. Okay, I mean, I, I'm not going to boss you around. I'm not, I'm not even your pastor. <laughs> but I, I certainly don't want to put you on a guilt trip. I just want you to consider what the Lord... Just remember the message tonight. It's not about renunciation. It's about reevaluation. Yeah. Reevaluate what you have in the Lord. Yes. And then you won't feel like a victim. Yeah. Even this precious girl here, man. Now it goes out to you. I think you should cry. But one day, you know, the Lord will save that guy, that kid, you know, and he'll say, Mom, I love you. He'll say, I love you too. And you'll look back on this veil of tears and you'll realize, man, it was no sacrifice. I respect you so highly. There's not a woman in here I respect any higher than you. And God is going to bless you with prayers. Amen. Amen. And I, I get feeling sorry for myself. I've been through a tough time the last six years. 
It's been tough. It's been hell on loose. Yep, yep. <coughs> and you know, Baptist preachers, man, they can be the most cruel thing. You think women gossip, man. You don't hear what preachers gossip. <laughs> but you know what's been really cool? It's fellowshipping with the Lord. <laughs> yeah. He's really become my best friend. Yeah. You know, we talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going to fiery furnace. Man, that was horrible. But they got the fellowship of Jesus. Right there. Yeah. Amen. And they got in that fiery furnace, man. And, 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 and right before they went in, they were bound. And as soon as they got in, they were unbound. Right. And Nebuchadnezzar looked at there, and if you've got a King James Bible, he yeah. says, the fourth is like the Son of God. Yeah. And listen to this. He had to tell them to come out. They would have stayed in there a couple four hours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you read the text. Yeah, Daniel 3. They were just... My point is, yeah. sometimes when you're in the, in the furnace of affliction, the fellowship with Jesus, man, yeah, right. is more than compensation. Yeah. Yeah. Stop looking at what you've given up and look at what you Right. And be careful about putting your Isaac ahead of Christ. That's right. Yeah. That's love right. your. I got five kids, man. I love them, but don't put your kids ahead of Christ. Amen. 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 Yes, sir. Amen. Yeah. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and the pastor will come. And if you want a musician to come, now would be a good time to come. Father, I pray that you'll bless the message. Not necessarily who preached it, but just just the truth of the message, the word of God. Help us, Lord. And you know what, Lord? I feel like a dirty hypocrite because it's easy to preach it. It's just harder to practice it. And sometimes I get to feeling sorry for myself, and I just, it's so foolish. And I just ask your forgiveness for being a hypocrite sometimes. But dear Lord, I pray that all of us here in this room will reevaluate the treasure that we have in you. Yep. Not just in your blessings. Yes, we appreciate the blessings. But oh, to think that we not only have a gift, we have the giver. And so Lord, please bless anyone here tonight that's hurting. They're, they're, they're discouraged. They, they come here with a broken heart. And I would never, ever make trivialize what they're going through. It hurts. The pain is real. But dear Lord, maybe if you could just meet with them tonight and help them to see that they've got a treasure in you and that they are pure and clean through the righteousness and the blood, the merit and the blood of Jesus Christ. So thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are our shield and exceeding great reward. Bless, I pray, Pastor, as he speaks in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm going to give you an invitation tonight. Total commitment is a decision. If you remember what the uh, what the brother said about the, the two that the one that had found the treasure and the other the pearl. I don't know if you notice in the in the text, but but it said they went right then. Mm-hmm. They didn't wait. If you wait, I'd have to say there is risk. But the risk is not what, what, what you lose. The risk is, is that the opportunity is gone. We, we've all been there, right? Uh, I, I was hoping the brother would ask me what I would do. There have been a few times that when I saw it, I went for it. 
and it paid off. Because I knew, I knew that what was to gain far outweighed the risk. Amen. And the moment that I got lost, and the moment, the very instant the Holy Spirit got me lost, the Holy Spirit also showed me how to get saved. Amen. Yeah. I went right then. Yeah. 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 And I got it. Yeah, me too. Is it time for you? The, the, the question is, what's the Holy Spirit doing in you? If you now realize that there that the risk is that you lose it forever, not what you give up, but that you're going to miss heaven altogether. If today's that day, listen, then today's that time. Uh-huh. Now's the time. Yeah. And I don't know that. But you know that. You know that. There's no risk in receiving Christ. Amen. The sacrifice. I love the quote from Jim Elliott. What about to lose? Yeah. I given up my life. I got one I couldn't lose. <laughs> where's the where's the sacrifice? In the... And one would say. The only regret I have is I only had one life to give him. Yeah. Remember the song, if I had a thousand lives to live, I'd live them all for him. Where's your treasure tonight? Well, boy, this goes along with what he said this morning, doesn't it? He's selling short. Yeah. Them two and a half tribes that didn't didn't cross. They settled for what was on the wrong side of Jordan. Don't sell short. The promised land. The promised land. It ain't changed. It ain't changed. Let's hold him. Let's hold him to the promises. I'm going to ask you tonight as we stand and sing, if you're here and you need him, I tell you the best thing you'll ever do is to give up yourself and let Christ rule. You're you're among the a host of witnesses tonight. Let me do this for your sake. I want you to watch what happens here. But let me do this for your sake. Now, everybody in the building that has been born again, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, that have absolutely 100% no regret, you'd never turn back, you would have it no other way than to live for Christ. Would you slip your hand up? Look around you, friend. You're looking at people who have made a decision for Christ and for no amount of money, nothing in this world would I trade that for. Amen. And you're worried about you're worried about what somebody would think if you bow in front of him tonight. I'll tell you right now, you ain't got a bigger fan club than what's right here. We'll help you every step of the way. We can because you need Jesus. We're living proof and we're all a testimony of what it means to come to know the Christ of the universe. Amen. I'm still excited about it. He wants you tonight. He loves you tonight. As we say, if you need the Lord, would you come? Would you call on him?